Not a single, not a double, but a triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Podcast with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. triple option pass podcast i guess in tv terms this would be considered season two um <laughs> i'm co-host devin voss and with me is the lovely co-host ryan gregory how are we tonight ryan i'm doing great just got back from the laundromat uh, <laughs> had to go had to go wash up before uh, before the weekend uh, i'm ready to talk about football and not think about being in that hellhole anymore how are you doing buddy <laughs> i'm doing great you know why because we're going to be talking about some action hell yeah Let's some go. action tonight uh we're also going to be previewing the big 10 we want to keep this regional baby and we got two midwest-ish conferences <laughs> <laughs> two uh, midwest conferences and also buffalo plays there yeah, and you know, <laughs> Rutgers and oh, Rutgers uh, in Maryland too. In Maryland, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, we got a we got a whole lot uh, to unpack here tonight. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of a lot of shit thrown around, um, a lot of a lot of look ins, and you know what? If you love if you love you know your group of five shit, we got it for you, and here it is, the Mac. So. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we jump right in? No, man, let's just get after it. All right, let's get after it. So, you know, first off, we're going to start with the Mac East. And when I look at the Mac East, there are at least four teams that are competing for this uh, side on this side of the division. I got Ohio, Miami, Buffalo, and Kent State. And we might as well start off with Ohio uh, because the news for them uh, over the offseason was that Frank Solich retired. Uh, Such a shame. Yeah. And Tim Alban, the uh, assistant, was hired in his place. And really, I feel like uh, trying to, you know, figure it out with the new coach plus uh, what's going on with the quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, that's that's the biggest keys to Ohio's season here. I mean, it sucks that he's retired this season because I think this is the best roster he's ever had. I mean, they're, they've, he got them back to such a solid place, but now they're actually like, they've always been contenders to win the East, but now I think that they're contenders to win the whole Mac. I mean, yeah. their the offense is great. Defense is as all, as always really good. It's, it's just a shame that he's not going to be there to witness as it, that assistant Alvin just kind of gets to ride the coattails and probably win a conference championship with this team. Yeah, and I think it's in the works. Um, you know, I I mean, obviously, I do think Ohio is going to stick with Curtis Work. The only reason why I brought up quarterback controversy is because there is a little bit of a rising stud in Armani Rogers uh, sitting there. Um, I'm kind of curious how that plays out. Um, I would have to say Curtis Work probably ends up with it, but it really wouldn't matter anyways because 
whoever's playing quarterback, you have a great group of receivers headlined by Isaiah Cox. Plus, you have one of the top Mac backs. Uh, <laughs> that sounded funny. In uh, Devontre <laughs> Tuggle. And I love that last name so much. It's like oh, Demontre is like Demontre is like so like you know like uh, masculine or something, and then you got Tuggle. Tuggle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, this is gonna be a great offense. Um, they need to be a little bit better on situational downs, but that's really the only thing I could see them really needing to improve on. Yeah, I mean. With with Solis, the defense is always going to be good, so we really don't need to talk about it too much, especially since yeah. with with the rules, um, most everybody's coming back with the yeah. uh, with the allowance from COVID. So like that defense is going to be one of the best in the not just the MAC, but I think the group of five. Like that is some truly terrible that terrifying that Ohio's got cooking up there. Yeah, and we're talking about a you know a team that held offenses. I mean, I given this is an abbreviated season. Uh, there wasn't that many games for the Mac, but they still held offenses offenses to 16.7 uh, points per game. That's wow. that's actually quite uh, impressive, especially in a offensive-focused conference. Oh, yeah, like the Mac, because they can't recruit defense. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Another contender in the MAC East is Miami. Um, they're always a team that's kind of rolling. Um, you know, got a pretty decent head coach at the helm. I mean, I feel like this is just going to be another thing. I mean, what really helps Miami is their defense. They have nine returning starters um, to help them out. And they were already the best in the MAC and rush defense last, last season. So, um, as long as they kind of figure out their offense, which uh, they, you know, they lost some O-line and Tommy Doyle. And um, I can't even say the last name, but Danny Kudlevsky, I think uh, <laughs> those two together. Uh, I mean, that'll, they'll leave a little bit of a hole in their O-line, but uh, I'm sure they'll probably figure that one out. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Miami of Ohio for one specific reason. And would you like to know why? Why is that? You ever heard of a guy named Blaine Gabbert? Brett Gabbert? Yeah, his little brother Brett is the quarterback for the Miami Ohio. That is true. That is Red true. Hawks. That is true. Yeah. That's all I need to hear. Yeah. And, and Go Red uh, Hawks. his lovely his lovely um connection with Jack Sorensen. Jack Sorensen's a dog. There's no reason he should be at Miami of Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Uh so yeah, at the helm of Blaine Gabbert's uh, relative and Jack Sorensen, that offense will probably be firing. Um, yeah, they're going to score a hell of a lot of points, but they do need to figure out uh, the lead back role. It's kind of a kind of a question mark in their offense, but uh, nevertheless, I think Miami will compete. Yeah, my hopes aren't super high for Miami to you know win the East just because of how the schedule lays out for them. They have to go to Ball State to Ohio and to Kent state, like the odds of getting out of that clean on top of the rest <laughs> of the max schedule like that. It, it just plays out a little bit better for Ohio. So I'm glad that we started with them because that's definitely the favorite followed by Miami of Ohio based solely on Miami of Ohio. It's a lot harder schedule to work with. 
Right. And with with that, I want to move on to another contender. And I'm saving the, the good one for last, so don't worry. No. Um, Buffalo. Uh, Lance Leopold is gone. So what now? It's it's a sad time. I mean, I wish you would have just stayed at Buffalo. Buffalo is a better job than Kansas. <laughs> I mean, Buffalo is just like Mac version of Wisconsin. You know who they are. You know what they're doing. They're running the damn ball. Like, good luck. <laughs> ha- have fun trying to stop. And Kevin Marks, I don't know where Leipold found all these running backs that were like legitimately outstanding. But Marks is next in this line of Buffalo running backs that can pound the rock. I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're not going to spiral yet, I think is the best way to put it. This this roster is still – a lot of guys jump ship to follow Leipold to Kansas, but the bones are still there that Buffalo will compete for the East before things kind of inevitably crash back to what Buffalo was before Leipold. Yeah, exactly. And this team averaged 43.2 points a game last season and 7.3 yards per play. That is uh, for a Mac team. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But the biggest question, as noted, is will it happen again, uh, especially with uh, Maurice Linguist as the head coach? Um, but, you know, you kind of hit on it. Kevin Marks Jr. ran for 741s as the backup last season. Yep. Uh, that's. Technically, I mean, that's starter level for many teams. Um, and, you know, as you said, you know what you're going to get with Buffalo. They're going to run the damn ball. The receivers <laughs> are yikes. And there's a reason for that is because they run the damn ball. And, uh, you know, if they can find, you know, their O-line consistency, which I feel like is something that you don't really worry about usually with Buffalo, because uh, they lost two starters and Jacob Gall, Mike Nowitzki. Uh I think that they're going to be going to be just fine. Um, yeah, like Kyle Van Trees is serviceable. The defense yeah, is yeah. fine. Like they're they're going to be competitive. They're they're far from jo- from dropping off the cliff, but like the cliff's on the horizon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kyle Van Trees isn't going to hurt you. Um, no, you're going to get. He's no Tyree Jackson. <laughs> True. The good old days. Um, you see that he's trying to play tight end in the league now? I think I did see that, yeah. Yeah, he got cut, but <laughs> he's trying. He's no Tim Tebow, I guess. Hey, you got to try something, man. Um, and yeah, exactly. As you said, with the defense, um, I mean, this is a team that led the Mac in fewest yards per play in each of the last two seasons. Um They've held teams at only 21 points a contest, at least in 2020 they did. Um, and you're returning Taylor Riggins. Uh, you got a solid linebacking core, good secondary. Um, I mean, it's going to be another year of a stingy defense with Buffalo. Absolutely. So moving on to the holy grail of the MAC, uh, <laughs> Kent State. Baby, oh my goodness. If I could just sit down and have premium access to Kent State football on live TV, I would Yeah, I would please watch, Lord. Please. I would watch every single week. Forty nine point eight points per game in four games last year. 
It's so much fun. Their team is so much fun. 7.4 yards <clears throat> per play. Dustin Crumb is a machine, and everybody else at his path just better watch out. Um, they're returning all five O-line starters. Huge win for them. And they get a Q's transfer and wide, uh, wide receiver Nikeem Johnson to take the number one wide receiver role. This is yeah, I mean, fun. you can't say enough about Crumb throwing for over a thousand yards, twelve touchdowns, two picks in four games. Four games? Are you kidding me? <laughs> he almost—that's half of what he threw this season before in four games. Yeah, the the dude is primed to absolutely explode this season. Uh, it's going to be such a fireworks show with with that transfer coming in, pairing up with Isaiah McCoy. Yeah. I mean. Two studs at receiver. I mean, nothing. Studs cra- at running back. Yeah. Running back, always solid. Like, I, I'm just so looking forward to it. If that defense can somehow figure out how to stop <laughs> other teams from running on them, then they'll be golden. Golden flashes. <laughs> hey, man. Full embracement <laughs> of the 2019 KC Chiefs, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You'll you'll ride the wave until someone is very very clearly offsides on the one of the most <laughs> critical moments of the game, and also um, the the KC formula of just score a lot of points and just hope the other team doesn't keep up. Yep, exactly. Hey, it's it's also the Rockets, you know, the the twenty eighteen nineteen Rockets strategy as well. I mean, that's true. We've seen some teams really succeed from just being offensively focused. Best defense, offense. Love it. But yeah, if you're looking for the Mac in in and of itself is always entertaining, but if you're looking for peak entertainment in the Mac, I mean, (laughs) Kent State is utterly uninterested in playing defense and wants nothing more than to score within two plays on offense. Like, it is nothing but electric factory from the first snap until the game ends. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. Um, <laughs> they so they averaged as I said forty nine point eight points per game, nearly fifty points per game in four games. Uh, but they allowed thirty eight points per game. In yeah, that's tough. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're ranked eleventh in the MAC against the run. Um, <laughs> I on the bright side, they returned six starters. They got some, you know, so. Some camaraderie there, but uh, uh, regardless, whether or not they're how successful they are this season of the back, it's it's going to be fun watching Kent State. Um, there's absolutely no reason if you love college football, if they're on, it's really hard to find them. Usually weekday games, with the yep. Mac. Uh, if they're on, definitely it, definitely watch them. It's just it's just a freaking blast. Oh, absolutely. So remaining in the East is Akron and Bowling Green, and I just got a giant LOL next to their name, so we're just going to move on to the (laughs) Mac West. If we may say one thing, Akron would be by far the worst team in, you know, all of Group of Five if Bowling Green didn't exist. Like, these two are (laughs) laughably terrible. Like, actually the two worst teams in college football that are actually in conferences outside of like, you know, your UMass, your New Mexico States, just ass. Now you 
See, you've made me want to watch Kent State versus Akron. Okay, this is good. Oh, talk be- about neither team wanting to play deep. There might be 200 <laughs> points scored in that game. <laughs> Dustin oh, Crum will man. have <laughs> Dustin Crum's arms is going to fall off when he throws his 15th touchdown of the afternoon <laughs> in the third quarter for his fucking 700th yard. Um, <laughs> in the West, uh, I would say that, I mean, again, you have the defending champs, Ball State, but first we're going to touch on Toledo. Um, Toledo seems to be the potential top dog in the West this season. Um, there's reasons why. I mean, they averaged 36 points a game last season, um, and they have all their contributors back on defense. But really, when you look at Toledo, it's who the heck's going to be playing quarterback? Yeah, that's the funny thing about Toledo this year. Is like typically what you're going to get from Toledo is one like marquee offensive player that's like you know going to go light up in the NFL, outstanding quarterback play for the MAC. And just, you know, solid to above average defense. This year, the whole roster is just outstanding. But that quarterback thing is still a question mark. That is that is so unlike Jason Candle and his Toledo Rockets. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Candle's been dubbed as kind of like this low-key quarterback whisperer. Hasn't really had anybody since uh, Logan Whiteside way back in the day. So, yeah. See if this uh, is it Carter Bradley that's going to be playing for him. Yeah, so it's uh, Carter Bradley, Tucker Gleason, and Daquan Finn. Now, Bradley's yeah. the only one, I believe, who has gotten um, reps at, as a starter towards the end of the season last year. Right, so it's probably going to be Bradley. And then, uh, yeah, just question marks at quarterback is not something you usually have to worry about with Toledo, but that's what we got to do this year. But the rest of the roster, so solid, is going to be. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun watching them clash with like Ball State and uh, presumably in the championship against Ohio. Yeah, I mean, all five O-linemen coming back, your receiving corps is great. I feel like uh, in many ways, as long as, you know, the quarterback can, you know, just get the ball forward, uh, they'll be fine, especially with Brian Kobach in the backfield. So, um, and their defense, of course, I mean, 24 points uh per game allowed last season only 5.4 a play they just need to get a little need a little better at causing turnovers but all the main contributors are back so uh yeah, turnovers is 90 percent luck yeah yeah exactly they just need to be uh, luckier that's that's a good problem to have going into the season that's right. your number one complaint right exactly yeah so i mean i think Toledo is going to be a Easily a competitor in the West, uh, if not oh, the yeah. top competitor. But yep. we cannot, we cannot just brush aside Ball State last season, going undefeated. The defending MAC champs returning seventeen total starters. Yeah, this pretty Inclu- much including Plitt. including Plitt. This is pretty much just reloading. Uh, with Justin Hall and Johannes Tyler also on the outside. I mean this. This is going to be another fun year for Ball State. Yeah, it just uh, Ball State is just the the West version of Miami of Ohio this year. They're just like, man, what are you what are you guys thinking with this scheduling? It just sucks that their chance that they actually can be like you know, 
they could they could flirt with being ranked this year if they weren't going to Penn State and Wyoming in non-conference play, and then two of their okay. first two of their first three conference games are Eastern and Western Western Michigan, <laughs> both hard games. Like, come on, low low key though, low key though, because we're gonna get to the big later. I'm still gonna shit on Penn State. Uh, Ball State could actually pull that off. Oh, come on. Over Penn State. You see, you always say that, but it's Penn State. Okay. As uh, long as Sean Clifford is the quarterback, anything is possible. Yeah, anything. we'll get to this later because Penn State is a little bit down on the front seven this coming year. But I don't I don't know. <laughs> Man, it took it took a literal blown call from referees for Indiana to beat Penn State, Sean let alone Clifford. Sean Clifford. Terrible. Get him out of here. Anyways, I'll I'll go <laughs> he into that. He needs to get the sack. I'll go into that later. I'll, I I got to save my energy for that. Uh, yeah, we need to finish up the MAC. We need to. We still have a whole other conference. <laughs> <laughs> we have all five O linemen returning uh, returning for Ball State. Um, and really, the only thing that I I think I mean outside of their O line not allowing twenty eight sacks uh, is more consistently on the ground. Um, we saw it a little bit at. Like with, especially with the last game, um, we we had more of a ground attack for Ball State, um, but they just need to up those numbers. And truthfully, I think I think uh, it's definitely possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Got have a little bit of cough these days. Oh gosh, uh, uh, we need to motor through these last couple Mac West teams so we can get to the Big Ten. Yeah, um, Western and Central. Oh, God, Western, Central, and Eastern Michigan. Okay, um, so let's start off with Western Michigan. Might as well go. Um, this is also going to be a fun team, easily capable of competing uh, in the MAC as well. Um, you got Caleb Ellaby still there. Was yeah. better than Dustin Crum last year. He threw 18 touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. The kids exactly. bananas. And you got so untalked about too. Great returning receivers. Um four returning O linemen, all three line, uh, running backs coming back. I mean, the offense is literally not gonna miss a step. Yeah, Western's gonna score some damn points this coming year. And you know, on defense, Western Michigan's great. Uh they're second in the Mac in sacks last season with 19 and uh average or held offenses to 5.6 yards of play. Uh, you got a lot of returning talent, including uh, linebacker AJ Thomas. Uh, and really, all they really need to do uh, is to allow fewer big plays and improve on third down. Yeah, I, I really like what I'm seeing from Western Michigan as far as uh, returning production goes on both sides of the ball. It's, it's just another case of Mac team, you know, solid enough on defense, really fun on offense. It's going to be really fun to watch them clash with the rest of this uh, of the West here. Yeah, and clashing right there with them is Central Michigan. Um, Lou Nichols and Kobe Lewis, two beasts in the backfield with uh, O-line with five starters returning. I mean, uh, and their top four receivers are back. Uh, another offense that's going to continue to you know do work. Uh, but really, here we go again, quarterback situations. Uh, luckily enough for them, they were somehow able to land 
Jacob Sermon from Washington. This kid's uh, 6'5", 240. <laughs> he's, he's Tyree Jackson levels of huge. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I mean, I, I feel like naturally you'd find success on the group of five level, but you know, who am I to say? Yeah, that's pretty weird going from Washington to Central Michigan. I don't know. Just want to yeah, go play for Jim McElwain, I guess. That's a pretty big dip. I don't know if, if, if that speaks to his talent or if he just wants a place to show off his talent. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I mean, Central has just as good of a chance to challenge as Western. I just, I, I, like you said, you just worry about the quarterback position there. But they had no trouble scoring last year when the quarterback play was neither here nor there. I mean, 32 points a game in 2020. So, yeah, you know, it's 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 never out of the question for any of the directional Michigans to challenge for it, honestly. Yeah, and really, they were near bottom uh, in the MAC in third down and red zone performance. So if they bumped that up, you got yourself a little bit better performance. So, uh, and really, it's the same with defense. I'm just going to skim through it, you know. Uh, could end up being one of the better defenses in the MAC this season. They're bringing back all ten starters. Uh, Troy linebacker Troy Brown and uh, lineman Troy Harrison should continue to do their work. Uh, secondary is solid, but they need to improve because last year seventh in the MAC in defensive pass efficiency. Yep, so <laughs> I'm lastly, with you. <laughs> Second, Eastern lastly, Michigan. we got another one after that. Who are you including? Northern Illinois. Oh, gross. I'll let you take that one away. Um, <laughs> okay. Michigan. I'll finish with that one. <laughs> that sounded like pain. <laughs> yeah, it um, is. With, with Eastern Michigan, you got to, again, figure out the quarterback situation. You got uh, Preston Hutchinson versus uh, transfer Ben Bryant. But you got plenty of weapons on offense. Fun fact about Eastern Michigan, the guy who used to throw me – passes back when I trained in Fort Wayne was their backup quarterback for four years. There you have it, folks. Do you hear that? Yep. Got connections in this business, folks. This is why you, this is why you pay for our stuff. When I pay for our stuff, I mean, don't pay for it. Connections all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get um, shit housed by Wisconsin this season. Most likely. But hey, they might have fun seeing James Madison transfer Juwan Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be a weapon right there. Um, but their defense was just not good last year. Yeah, as much fun as Eastern has become from the literal doldrums of college football up to, you know, competent and punchy, they still haven't figu- figured out the whole defense thing yet. That's going to take a couple years more still to build yep. up properly. Like, they, they just don't have the guys. No, couldn't generate any pressure up front last season, sucked against the run allowed 36 a game. Uh, just need more consistency. Um, but yeah, it'll, it'll come. I, I think that they're, they're trending the correct direction. I like Eastern and the coaching staff there. Just, just literally do not have the horses to play competent defense yet. Right. And finally, Ryan Gregory's takeaway in Northern Illinois. Yeah. Northern is pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) that's about all I need to say. I mean, their defense gave up more than 40 points in four of their six games last year. Like they are such a far cry from Chandler Harnish shout out, uh, from my area of Indiana and 
And that, like, you know, going to New Year's Six Bowls, that, that defense has nothing anymore. But they do have on offense Rocky Lombardi coming in from Michigan State to play quarterback. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, Rocky Lombardi <laughs> left uh, Michigan State and he went to Northern <laughs> Illinois. So there's there's so many sad cases of quarterback drop downs in the oh. Mac, but that might be the saddest one. Not, That's not all we need Rocky. to say about the Mac. Not Rocky. We're ending the Mac on a sad note. Rocky dropping down to the to the doldrums of the Mac West. Well, hey, uh, Ball State got two guys at running back, Donnie Marcus, Brownsburg. I covered that man for two years. Mm-hmm. Solid. And new addition, Carson Steele. So that should at least help a little bit, even yes, if he plays fullback. So uh Indianapolis lineup for Ball State. I love to see it. I love to see people that I covered on the next level. It's fun. Speaking um, of ind- indie kids, there's a lot of them in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Got a lot of their names written down here as we pivot into the bigger Midwest Conference. Conference. Bigger Midwest Conference. The biggest Midwest Conference. Unless <laughs> you're talking about the Missouri Valley, of course. Uh, you got the Ohio State. Buckeyes <laughs> in the East. Um, and, well, of course, what more do you have to say? It's Ohio State. Um, really, the only thing you have to ask about them this season is quarterback. <laughs> I have a couple questions about their defense. But, yeah, of course, the question on everybody's mind is what – you know, anyone with an arm can be successful throwing to Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison yep. Jr. And like, so just who gets the honor of throwing for a billion yards this year behind? Who's going to be the Mac Jones of Ohio State this year? Oh, it is. I, it is that situation entirely. Like one of the best O-lines in college football, Thayer Munsford is going to be like, you know, top 15 pick at left tackle. And if, if your arm gets tired throwing to all these wide open people all the time, oh, you know, just go ahead and hand it off to, you know, Master Teague or any of the other five-star <laughs> running backs that are in the stable. Like, it's it's a great situation for C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller to walk into. Yeah, what do you think about yours transferring in uh, early? I mean, I, I, I always support staying in high school an extra year just because football is a a, a, a sport of size. Like one more year of eating correctly and giving your body a chance to grow, I think is the especially at a school like his where it's it's a big Texas school where they're going to feed him right and like train him properly. I, I say stay and don't get your body broken in the Big Ten yet, because I mean obviously he's not going to play yet, but I don't right. know. Just having more time to grow, why why rush anything? If your dream is the NFL, you want to be as built as possible before you get there, not as young as possible. What I want to know is how many stacks were dished out so that this man could transfer in early a month before the season begins. <laughs> yeah, that was that was some NIL stuff to the extreme. I just want to know how that works out. Um, that might have been the latest the latest transfer in I've seen. Uh, <laughs> I. I 
yeah, reclassified within a month and able to get into Ohio State that quick. That's crazy. Uh, but as you noted, uh, Ohio State's defense, they have holes to fill, especially in the secondary and at linebacker. Yeah, I was going to say, I really never worry about their defensive line. I, I love Haskell Garrett. Like, they're, they're going to be creating pressure all the time. Their, their D-line is just that loaded. But they're breaking in an entire new, entirely new linebacking core. All, all three of their studs from last year are gone. And um, I like Cam Brown and I like Seven Banks. But Seven Banks got put in a blender against Bama. And Cam Brown is really nice, but, you know, I need to see more snaps from him. So, I mean, cornerback room, a little bit of a question mark. Linebacker room, entirely a question mark. It's, of course, they have the guys for it, but figuring out the chemistry for it and who gets to take the job. We, we may see a little bit of a, you know, a lull in defensive performance, at least in the earlier half of the season for Ohio State. Right. And I mean, I would argue that, you know, the defensive coordinator, Gary Coombs, needs to be better. Uh, oh, yeah. Last season, Ohio State. Here's a fun fact. Ohio State ranked 11th in pass efficiency defense last season um, and surrendered 25.8 points per game and 5.9 five yards per play. Uh, but uh, just need to do better there. Uh, need to do better consistency. I mean, I I think it's something that could end up biting them, but I guess we'll see once the season starts. Absolutely. So next up, we got the Penn State Nittany Lions. <sighs> <laughs> deep breath, deep breath. Well, you know, after 2020 struggles, um, and there were definitely some struggles, uh, Penn State signed a new coordinator, Mike. Um, I can't even pronounce the last name. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to use my cursing, my one free curse per podcast real quick. Fuck you, Penn State, for, for going from uh, offensive coordinator Kirk Soroka and then <laughs> firing him. We're like, oh, maybe we'll get a nice, easy last name, like Smith or Johnson or something. Nope. Mike Yurchich. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the old reliable Sean Clifford is back. <laughs> How? This, How do they not sign anyone like, better? This feels like, uh, what was his name? The Stanford quarterback that felt like he was there for six years. Uh, Hogan. I, yeah, yeah, Kevin Hogan. This Kevin is Hogan. Kevin Hogan 2.0 right here. At, uh, in Big oh, yeah. Ten standards, it would be um, um, Ohio Nate Stanley. Stanley. Uh, Stanley was there for a while, too. I don't know. Anyways, continuing on. Um, consistency, question mark. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I mean, at least Clifford has, you know, if, if Ohio State didn't exist – one of the better receiving groups in, in the big 10 with Jahan Dotson and Parker Washington. That's true. And a fucking stable. Sorry. I already used my, my curse card. <laughs> that one's, that was saying in though, <laughs> a stable of running backs. So like Noah Kane, Devin Ford, Kevon Lee, like they just keep pumping out all these quality running backs. If there's one thing that, fr- that Franklin has done right in his time at Penn state it is recruit running backs. Yeah. But 17 turnovers in the abbreviated season last year. Got to fix that. Oh, yeah. Uh, in their defense, um, 
also could be a little shaky this season. Uh, unexpected, unlike, you know, how it was last year and the years before, uh, similar to Ohio State. Uh, they lost four linemen, uh, plus, you know, on top of the best linebacker in the country. Uh, but the secondary is great, so there's not a whole lot to worry about there. I don't know. It's kind of tough to judge what Penn State is going to do on defense. Yeah, it's a weird situation to be in with Penn State because they're they're one of those teams that you can just kind of be like, it's Penn State defense. They're going to be fine. Like for the entirety of the Franklin regime, they've been pretty solid. But as you alluded to, I mean, that, that D-line is entirely reloading. They did not have very good linebacker play last season. Like it's, it's all following on Jaquan Brisker and Tariq Castro-Fields just continue being, you know, two of the best secondary players in the Big Ten and hope that everybody else just kind of falls in line. I, I do not love this Penn State team. I, Ball State isn't going to beat them, but Come I, on, don't, I, I don't love this team. I'm going to get you on the train when it when we get there. I'm going to get you on the train. I'm going to get you believing Ball State will beat Penn State. All right, man. When it happens, then I will absolutely be on the Ball no, State train. No, not when it happens. I'm going to have you believing. Oh, wait, be- before? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good luck. <laughs> Next up, we got Indiana, and truthfully, I'm, I'm saying this without an Indiana bias. If there is one season, and I literally mean one season, one year, in which you get a gap, in which you can actually potentially win the Big Ten, this is the only year. This is your only year. This is it, if you're Indiana. It's, it's a fantastic point because like, it, it is truly do or die. Indiana is peaking. As everyone else is falling into a valley, do it right now or you may literally never, Indiana. It's it, seriously, though, it, this is this is their one year window to win the Big East or. Yeah, that, that that's really it. I mean, everybody else is reloading. Uh, the stars are set and the number one goal. Keep that dang quarterback healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many. IU fans, do you think would like sacrifice their own knee, shoulder, whatever, <laughs> if it meant Phoenix could stay healthy for a whole year? Seriously, though, uh, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the Big Ten, three straight season-ending injuries, which is incredibly unfortunate. Uh, you know what's crazy is that he's had three seasons ended, and he's still regarded as that good. That's just how good of a sample size, albeit small, people are still blown away by how good he is. I mean... You know, he comes back from the second season-ending injury where, you know, you reasonably question, is he going to be, you know, similar to what he was producing last year? Is he going to improve? And the dude has one of the most memorable plays of 2020. Uh, one of the most memorable plays of, like, the the 2020s. Like yeah, I would, I would the agree. Decade. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if he stays healthy... This team, this team's easily can can function. I mean, they're bringing back four O linemen. You still got Fry Fogel there. You lost Wap, but the receiving core is not really going to have much of an issue. And uh, to add to that, you got USC transfer Stephen Carr coming in. Yeah, that's such a nice plus. But like like I always say about Louisville's re- returning production on defense, having the same O lineman back for IU is not necessarily a good thing. Their O line's pretty bad. <laughs> I, I would yeah. like to see some improvement there. It's it's cool that they have continuity. I hope that it's that works that, out well for them. 
there's experience at the very least. Yeah, at least they're experienced and bad. Yeah, You'd but they're. they're I need to see some some leaps and jumps from most of the uh, of the offensive line there to really have some faith in them being noisemakers in the Big Ten. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I'm not entirely sure who would end up being the backup, but you have a pretty similar player in Donovan McCauley, the four-star uh, recruit, of course, of uh, IU. In you, you have a pretty similar player to what uh, Penix is. So, I mean, I mean, Tuttle would be the the backup. Presumably, Tuttle would right? be the backup, right? But I'm just saying, in in the instance that it would be like completely necessary. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, their defense outside of, you know, losing Jamar Johnson is pretty much entirely back, man. That sucks that he jumped ship too. Cause that defense would have been frightening with him and Micah McFadden and Taiwan Mullen. Oh, that yeah. would have been so much fun. Yeah. And Kane Womack left for your, uh, Southern Bama. Uh, yeah, that and really suck. the question is, is, can Charlton Warren keep the success running? He's certainly got a good stable of players. I mean, that D line is pretty experienced, pretty deep at corner as well. It's just all about finding finding another safety is all I'm really worried about with that defense. That I use I use going to be pretty solid if they can keep all their players on the field. Absolutely, and they pulled three players from the transfer portal for the D line. Yep. Like, <laughs> uh they definitely were not playing around in the transfer portal this year. Uh, they definitely use it to their advantage. Um, next up, we have the Michigan Wolverine somewhere. Bryce Shaddy is just laughing. Oh, um, yeah. Poverty. What? Poverty. Oh, what will Jim Harbaugh do at quarterback this year? <laughs> <coughs> I, I tell you what, I didn't hate what Cade McNamara did. Like, he wasn't horrible, I guess. And in a position that has lacked consistency for since Rudock, I mean, yeah, Mi- Michigan just needs someone that can do it. Just uh, yeah, you know what? If if McMara doesn't work out, Alan Bowman of Texas Tech is there now for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's I have very little nice things to say about Michigan this year. Like the receiving core is depleted. It's it's way too young. I mean, Hassan Haskins, really good running back, and they'll be able to run the ball fine. I mean, they have a, a solid O-line again, but like defensively, defensively, I usually have so much to say about Michigan and how they're like loaded to the to the gills. Yeah, no. I see I see Aiden Hutchinson, and I don't see much else defensively. And I see a new a first-year defensive coordinator. Right. I I I I usually try to give Michigan the be- the the benefit of the doubt because they recruit with the best of them, and they that that roster is truly star studded at times. But I I see it even less than usual with with Michigan this year. There is no benefit of the doubt. I think they're going to be. I think this is our last year of Harbaugh, and they're going to be starting from scratch pretty soon here. Yeah, I mean, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristically not good at defense, as you said. Uh, allowed 34 points per game last season. Uh, secondary. 34. Just, Michigan. 34. Yeah, exactly. 34 points a game. And secondary gave up tons of big plays. Uh, they ranked 10th in stopping the run, which seems 
it's so crazy for how good Michigan defense has been, uh, you know, in the last decade. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not looking good in terms of total tra- trajectory for Michigan um, or Harbaugh, but I guess that's a that's a question for another day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nothing nice to say about him. Get get him off my screen. Yeah, not this season, but Maryland. Uh, hey, oh, nice things, nice things, nice things. We got, um, you know, the other <laughs> Taco Viola brother um, running the show, and really, it's a lot of it. Besides for you know, lo- obviously losing Jake Funk at running back, is his development. Oh, absolutely. I I love Rakeem Jarrett, too. I think he's one of the best receivers in the Big Ten. Maryland landing him was an absolute robbery. There's no reason he should have stayed home. And and he looks so great as a freshman last year. He is he's one of the hidden gems of Big Ten receiving. Yeah, and I mean, they need a little bit more consistency on the other line. They allowed 16 sacks in five games last season. Uh, but with kind of a young core, really, uh, there's tons of room of improvement uh, on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball. Yikes. <laughs> they were fucking horrible last season. <laughs> on defense. Sorry. I keep using cursed cards, but no, they were true. horrendous <laughs> defense last year. Like <laughs> you were guaranteed four yards. If you wanted to run it, I don't care if you seriously, I don't care if you threw it 10 yards up in the air first and then handed it off to your running back. You were getting four yards. 230 yards a game allowed on the ground last year. That is bananas. <laughs> a game. That, a game. That, that happens once a season, once in a season, and you fire your defensive coordinator. You're like, how the fuck did that happen? That was just every time they trotted out there. And they, they're trying to bandage it by just throwing transfers at the defense and hoping something sticks, which is all always works out great for everybody. It, oh, it yeah. sucks too, because I like that offense. Like Tayon Fleet Davis, a really fun and versatile running back for Maryland. Like they're, they're going to put points up, but they're just going to let up more points. Yeah. I mean, they're going to put points. They're going to win games. It's just their defense is going to cause a lot of issues. And at least to their credit, I mean, like we said, it's another kind of young core, um, a lot of room for growth, a lot of uh, talent that needs to come in. But I, I'm sure, I'm sure, eventually they'll they'll get things settled out. Uh, Maryland's kind of on the ups uh, as a program yeah, as a whole. Absolutely. I would say. Yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day they'll be fine. But this season, uh, I mean, you'll get a couple, you know, a couple good games. Maryland always plays. You know, some teams pretty dang tough um, and they'll end up getting, you know, some wins. But yeah, Maryland's. Yeah, I like them. A little bit more fun. Uh, Rutgers. We actually have a fun team. I actually um, really like this Rutgers team. <laughs> I know. And it sounds so dangerous to say that, but at least on offense. I mean, you got Noah uh, Bedrill, uh, Isaiah, I actually. Pacheco, uh, <laughs> Bo Melton. I mean, Vegel, you know, key is that he only passed very short passes last year, but um, 
Yeah, nothing but credit to Sean Gleason, their offensive coordinator, who I think has done an outstanding job with less than than desirable parts. But he he knew his 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 quarterback last year. He's yeah. like, if you throw it over ten yards, I'm sitting your ass on the bench. <laughs> I mean, he he did every he squeezed every bit of production out of what he had on that offense last year, and more power to him. Like, Rutgers is fun on offense and more than capable on defense. It's weird. It is. And I mean, they've been active on the transfer portal. They've been getting some good talent and they've been bringing in some highly. They're recruiting their balls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's whatever, whatever's going on, it's working. Um, I, I enjoy it. And, like you said, there's a lot of talent on defense, actually. I mean, there's definitely a lot of room for improvement compared to last season. Um, I mean, they ranked 11th in the Big Ten versus a run and 13th in pass efficiency. But, like, there's still a lot of freaking talent there. They, they forced 19 turnovers. That was only one shy of league-leading IU. Um, yeah, that, that's, that was my only comment of concern, which is, like, they got unreasonably lucky with turnovers, like, just dropped fumbles popping into their hands. Like that's not going to happen again, but they actually have some real players in, in the back seven that I think, right. and I end on the D line. I think they're going to be just fine, which is a yeah. weird thing to say about Rutgers defense. Expect them to win more games than they won last season. I can definitely say that um, this year and next year, I would expect Rutgers to, to go bowling. Yeah. I would say they go bowling Ske- schedule permitting. As long as they don't schedule like idiots and be like, yeah, let's go play you know, USC to start the season, then, <laughs> then they'll, they'll be just fine and they'll go bowling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do what you have to do. Murder three Mac teams and then, then go win a couple big 10 games. Who's, who's complaining, right? Um, well, I'll, ske- I'll schedule a fucking awesome P if I can <laughs> and go beat them by 85 and then come home with nothing but smiles and have to turn around and go play Michigan. <laughs> All right, calm down there, Alabama. Calm down, <laughs> Mercer. <laughs> um, lastly, the Big Ten East, we have Michigan State. All I had here was Brock. yeah, yeah. So similar. You know who their quarterback is now? Who? Anthony Russo from Temple. Oh my! I had no idea he came over there until I was going through the depth chart. I was like, "There's no way." Honestly, but dude. Like, I- he has fun receivers to throw to. I really sure. like Jaden Reed's going to be a pro. Jalen Naylor is going to be a pro. Like, so that that's fun. He has two, you know, not first round receivers, but you know, we'll be probably day three guys, but that defense, they, they have truly no one. They, <laughs> it is an unfortunate situation. They have no one to play cornerback. And they're trying to like plug holes on the D line and linebacker with transfers. It's it it looks it looks shoddy. I I think Michigan State's going to give up a lot of points this year. Yep, I got nothing else really positive to say about Michigan State, so we'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, leave it there. No need to pile on. Other teams <laughs> will do that plenty for them. Exactly. So, uh, in the Big Ten West, of course, we got Wisconsin. And I will let my Wisconsin loving ants, everybody, living. applaud, applaud, applause, <laughs> applause, everybody. 
uh, Ryan Gregory is within the neighborhood of his Badgers. Um, so I'm going to let him take away Wisconsin and what they're going to be doing this season. Yes, sir. I live in West Madison now. I, I go to the Goodwill and just pick up all of everybody's old Wisconsin merch. I have so much now. Feels nice. Anywho, the, the prodigal son, Graham Mertz, one game in last year, looked like fit, fit the bill entirely and then had to play real teams that weren't Illinois after that and things got markedly harder. But it's, it's going to be a little bit easier for them this year. Wisconsin's O-line was weirdly not the best in the Big Ten last year. It was, it was just like average, but it, that should kick up. There's, there's more – there's less of the like coached up O-linemen and there's more actual legitimate high prospects, four or five stars that, are, that have now flowed up into the, the starting ranks. So I feel a lot better about Wisconsin's O-line now. The weapons are bananas. Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor have been there for like 15 years at this point. I love uh, Jamiri DK at the at the slot. Jake Ferguson's probably the best tight end in college football outside of like Charlie Kohler. Jalen Berger is just small. Jonathan Taylor, also from New Jersey, runs that runs that fucking ball. Avon's finest. Isaac Gurendo, another running back for him. Uh, the the offense is is it, it all hinges on Mertz. I know there's so many teams that we've said in these previews already that it's just like, well, if the quarterback plays well, the team will do well, which is like, of course, but this really hinges on Mertz taking that step forward and actually fitting the billing they had out of high school. Uh, defensively, uh, the D-line is, is just too young for me. Typically, Wisconsin will bring back a good amount of experience because they – they rotate like hell. Jim Leonard loves to have at least seven, eight guys that can play on his line. And for whatever reason, there's just not a lot of returning snaps on that D line. But I mean, Jack Sanborn, Leo Chanel, one of the best linebacker duos in the, in the big 10, if not the best uh, Caesar Williams and Fayon Hicks are really good cornerbacks, which is some Wisconsin has typically struggled to recruit. So we're still looking at the Big Ten or the best team in the Big Ten West as as is tradition. But I think, yeah, as I said, it all comes down to people stepping up on the D-line and Mertz actually fitting his billing as a as a four-star recruit. Absolutely. And, um, you know, speaking of, you know, a little bit of competition, this year might have some problems with the, with the team, with the team called Iowa. No, (laughs) (laughs) look, they finished last season on a six game winning streak. We can't, we can't deny that. Um, I'll deny that they're going to challenge Wisconsin. They need some more consistency from Spencer uh, Petras. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm so, I'm so like on the fence about Petras. I, I don't know how to feel about him yet. So if he turns out to be really good, then I could eat my words because their their defense is good enough that they could they could hang with Wisconsin for sure. Yeah, I mean Tyler Goodson will be quite good <laughs> again. Yeah, he'll be good, I had, son. I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they lost some O line pieces, but as per Wisconsin, they usually never have many problems there. Um, and Sam Laporta 
you should be pretty fun to watch. Uh, but um, they definitely need a retool in the receiving uh, core. And um, is Tyrone Tracy's time to shine? Decatur Central's finest. Yes. Yes. I would love Man, to see one of loved watching many in high school. Many Tracy prodigies that just oh, consistently continue to pull up. Mm-hmm. They still, there's still one at Decatur Central. There's like there two is. more. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, as you said, they have a great defense. They love the conference at fewest yards per play last year at 4.3, ranked second in pass uh, efficiency defense. Um, I mean, Chauncey Golston, Davion Nixon, and Jack Heflin. <laughs> what more can I say? They're they're all gone. So how does how does the defense fare without them? Yeah, it's it's a lot of turnover on the D line, similar to Wisconsin, but. I, I just kind of trust Iowa when it comes to the defensive backfield. I, they just will always have guys. Always gritting and grinding, Iowa is. Um, and talking about grinding, we have Minnesota, who after... The wheels looking, are falling off. Yeah, what? I mean, after looking like... I mean... If you watched college football in 2019, you were buying Minnesota stock for the next, I don't know, four years. Like, bye, bye, bye. Oh, yeah. What in the heck happened? I mean, look, I don't blame the team for falling off the way they did, you know, last season with, you know, the whole COVID thing. Uh, But it's not just that. I mean, they need... Their offensive coordinator, Mike Sanford Jr., just struggled. Yep. Um, it's the, the whole defense is just in shambles. I don't do. Fleck was came in as this Mr. Recruiter, but holy like he, he managed to pull Bateman out of Florida to play receiver for him. And he pulled Tyler Johnson, pulled Antoine Winfield. All all good and great. Fun, fun. But the fact that Nothing else is, is working for them defensively. They're they're doing the classic panic thing of just plugging holes with with transfers from literally anywhere to to fill up the defense. The defense is completely falling off. It's Tanner Morgan and everybody else on offense. I mean, no one w- worth noting. It's it's gotten bad so quickly. I don't know what happened. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, at least at the very least for them, all of their O lines back. Don't really have to worry about that. Uh, you got uh, Muhammad Ibrahim uh, also back. But as you noted, who replaces Rashad Bateman? Chris Aubin yeah. Bell. I mean, that's the next closest guy. Uh, Nothing at receiver. Still big hole. Yeah, giant hole. Uh, and in an odd position that Minnesota dominated at for a few years there. Um, yeah, right. So it's just kind of weird to see them without talent. I mean, I'm sure somebody will rise up, of course. But um, also, as you noted, the defense, they allowed 30 points per game last season. That is up 10 points per game from the previous season uh, and ranked 12th in the big uh, versus the run. Yeah, I mean, the the defense is just falling apart entirely. It it was never great to begin with, but it is is truly bad now. That is... I, I don't know what to make of this whole Minnesota situation, but I just know it's bad. I mean, on a positive note, they got uh, 
Boy Maeve coming back. They got Mariano, sorry, Marin, uh, County Durr. Um, and they have an incoming transfer in um, Niles Pickney, which should be fairly solid. So uh, they, maybe Niles they were Pickney went to Pickney went yeah. to Minnesota. He did. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. Do, don't ask me. <laughs> that is. Don't ask me. But he uh, did. Well, um, that, that's a nice plus. Yeah. Welcoming addition. Future, uh, future pro defensive tackle just for free. Wants to yeah. go play in cold ass Minnesota instead of Clemson. Sure, go off, King. Whatever. Hey, <laughs> hey, don't don't criticize the Great North like that. <laughs> I live in the Great North. Exactly. I can criticize it. <laughs> oh, that's fair. All right. Anyways, um, next up we have the Big West Division. Um, Winners last season. I don't know why I couldn't think of the word. Um, <laughs> winners of two of the last three Big Ten West divisions as well. Um, <laughs> and funny enough, plug and play at quarterback once again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, along with, you know, crappy old Hunter Johnson, this time we actually get Ryan Holinsky from South Carolina. Um, what a gift. Who was, yeah, previously solid, not great, albeit, but solid quarterback at South Carolina. Um, I know I like to talk up like quarterbacks with big arms and be like, oh, he's got a rocket. This guy can really sling it. Holinsky, I believe if he threw it at me from about 20 yards away, the football would pass clean through my skull and kill me instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, big changeup from, you know, Peyton last season. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. I mean, regardless, you know, they're going to run the dang ball. So who gives a crap? Exactly. They're going to do a quarterback. They're going to grind out these wins. I mean, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Northwestern is the weirdest big 10 school where whenever you're playing them and it's because, you know, the defense, but, uh, and Pat Fitzgerald, but like whenever you're playing them, you're sure to end up in like a, if you win, it's going to be like 20 to 17. Every oh, yeah. single time. <laughs> it's like any wins with Northwestern are always earned. Um, oh, yeah. Like against Northwestern, you're like, oh, cool. 21 points is enough to win the game. But it's like good fucking luck scoring those 21 points, buddy. <laughs> exactly. And not just that either. Is Northwestern always plays well in the fourth quarter. Pat Fitzgerald like gives them some super serum in the fourth quarter to where like <laughs> they're usually coming back and winning games. Uh, I don't know if it's just an extra gear or what, but uh, it should be, it, it's going to be another fun year for Northwestern. They're going to be competing once again. Um, i tell you what pisses me off about Northwestern. Where do they keep finding these defensive backs brandon <laughs> joseph is so good and cam mitchell is going to be like a top 10 pick another one from from northwestern where are they finding these guys where do uh, they find greg newsome a little a little nil action you know oh yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding uh i mean in reality i don't know i think i think it's just believing in you know believing in pat fitzgerald who has obviously 
one of the best defensive talents in all college football and also coaching prop, props where props are due. They coach him up pretty well at Northwestern too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with really, I, yeah, I mean, they brought back so many people. They, they lost Rashawn Slater and their O-line still looks fine. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they started a true freshman for him last year and he looks like he's going to be another eventual first round pick. Yeah. Um, Cam Porter I, will be fun to watch. Yeah. Porter. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, the defense is going to be fine. Don't really have to go into that. So um, Northwestern's going to be right there competing in the West again. And really the West is quite competitive. Uh, oh yeah. As, as usual, as usual, but uh, especially this year, it should be interesting to watch. Um, we still got three more, so bear with us. Uh, probably won't take super long on these because one of them is Nebraska. Yes. And here we are in year four of the Scott Frost experience. And I got to be honest with you, Ryan, it's pretty unfortunate, but it's looking like Texas's Charlie Strong experiment. Yep. Never bring the golden child back home. It sucks, man. It Adrian sucks. Martinez is still their fucking quarterback. <laughs> I know. Talk about quarterbacks that have been playing at their school too long. That guy's been there for 30 years. Heading into his fourth year at quarterback, which is almost unbelievable, um, at least starting at quarterback. And I mean, really, what you're asking here is can he do enough to make them bowl eligible? Uh, no, they have no one to catch the ball. I mean, Marquis Step came. Shout out, Indiana. Uh, Marquis Step went to Nebraska. Oh, did. yeah, I did, I did see that. Yeah, I thought for sure that he was gonna go to Notre Dame. I freaking wish. Actually, just kidding. We're pretty set at running back, I guess. Yeah, they are pretty set, set at running back. They didn't need him. Probably why I ended up in Nebraska. I wish you would have. I wish you would have went to uh, like IU or Purdue, though. Um, yeah, something like that. Anyways, he should he should be a pretty explosive option for them. Plus, I mean, I can't Samori Torigiv. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it uh, at wide receiver should be at least somewhat explosive. But let's let's get to the negatives here. Nebraska. And Scott Frost's offense have decreased in scoring average each year he has been the head coach. Oof. Um, you're still dealing with Adrian Martinez, who had a great freshman campaign, but has just never lived back up to that. Um, and, of course, turnovers, which you had 18 of in 2020. Yeah, it's just tough scene. They have Their defense is fine. Frost has done a, a, a serviceable job recruiting defense in Nebraska. They're not going to get blown out of games. They're just not going to win games. Yeah. Um, Which is an increase. They are going to get turned into a puddle of grease by Oklahoma in the opening week. But everything else is uh, – everything else they shouldn't get obliterated. No. And I, I would say bowl eligibility is possible. Um, they'll, they'll flirt with it. I don't they'll know. They'll flirt with it. And 
truthfully, I was actually surprised by what they're even able to do last season. So maybe they surprise us once again. I don't really know. Um, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do the hack thing. We're gonna go through their football schedule, and we're we're gonna see exactly who, who they're playing this year, and if we see six point. wins. That's so if my internet will load. There we go. So starting off the season at Illinois, that's a, that's a definite win. That's winnable, yeah. Fordham, win. Win. Buffalo. I would say win. I'd say they win. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them that one. So what are we now? 3-0 Nebraska. Um, Oklahoma's oh, gold. Fools gold 3-0. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma's going to kick their dicks in. That's Michigan. in Norman, too. Oh, my God. Michigan State's going to be a battle of the shit show. That, that'll be fun to watch. They'll probably beat. Michigan State. Michigan State's still kind of stumbling through their their defensive woes. Okay, so I'll so give I'll give Nebraska that one. Four, four and one. Four Nebraska. and one. Four and one. Nebraska until they hit Northwestern. I trust Northwestern to win that game. So four and two. Man, they might. <laughs> man, <laughs> they, they are going to go to a bowl. Fuck, because they're going <laughs> to they're going to go beat Minnesota in Minnesota. Michigan's. Honestly, a 50-50 for me right now because Michigan's so bad. Like I could, I could, you could talk me into them beating Purdue. They'll. I think that'll. That's always a competitive game. I, I think it'll be competitive again. Yeah, Purdue and Michigan. I'll, we'll say they win one, lose one of that. Shit house by Ohio State. Shit house by Wisconsin. Shit house by Iowa to end the season. <laughs> so Six they, they'll. Yeah, they'll be right around bowl eligibility. I, I should have given them more credit for how shitty some of these Big Ten teams are. <laughs> oh, gosh. Nebraska bowl eligible, everybody. There you go. Um, next up is Purdue, who, and I got to be honest with you, it sucks because they just, they have the injury bug just never stops with poor Purdue. It it really doesn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and here's here's the thing. I know Brom is likely going to elect to go with experience, but who do you think should be the quarterback uh, on offense this season? You know, it's it is a no one wins here because I don't think that there's a a true winner in the quarterback room. I would. I think there's one. I would opt. For plumber, plumber, yeah. I I personally would opt for a lamo because we know what's coming from O'Connell and we know it's coming from Plumber. Basically, O'Connell and Plumber are the same, except Plumber can throw the ball a lot further. <laughs> I was going to say, just have O'Connell throw your short routes and have Plumber come in throw your deep routes, and then you're fine. <laughs> Uh, but Alemo's a dual threat quarterback. Uh, gives you a little bit of fresh legs. Um, and Brom has recently commented that he has the best arm of all the quarterbacks in the QB room. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to start. I think they're going to put either O'Connell or Plummer. Or he even said that they might go dual quarterback system, which is not a shock because we all know Purdue loves that. Um, what do you think they do with that uh, UCLA transfer? Austin Burton, Burton he's just going to rot away on the bench. 
there's no way that guy gets any snaps. <laughs> yeah, true. Behind um, the walk on O'Connell. That's got to be embarrassing. <laughs> that's got to hurt. <laughs> oh, God. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. You got David Bell on the outside. Whoever's throwing the ball really isn't going to have a tough time because you got David Bell, who's going to dominate as usual in the big. And you got also um, Milton Wright, who is probably going to be a breakout player for them this season. Yeah, and I tell you what, man, I really like what I saw from Milton Wright. I think that Purdue's going to produce three straight really good receivers. Yeah, and um, I'm not totally sure how much playing time he's going to get, but even Preston Terrell from Brownsburg um, should be an interesting addition. I mean, I I watched him in person. That guy has burners as well. Um, oh, yeah. Great hands, is, great hands too. Um, and really, I, I, you know, outside of just, you know, better O-line play, uh, it's getting consistency on the ground because this has been the primary issue for Purdue for a while now. I mean, yes. even in, even in their good year, I mean, they still had, they still struggled on the, on the ground. Um, Xander Horvath really, you know, came on for them, but the thing that kind of sucks is that he still only averaged 3.3 yards per carry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad job to be a running back for Purdue because that O-line is never going to be great. Yeah. But Hey, they'll always have freaking talent through the air. Uh, Let's also not forget that we're we're probably going to see a lot of four starts. I'd add Malik Carr this season. He will be, um, playing there uh, and their defense still young but interesting mix the Carl Laftis brothers are here mm-hmm. if you that... had told me like I don't know five years ago that someday Purdue would have a first round draft pick on defense I'd call you crazy but Carl Laftis is looking like a legitimate first round talent level kind of guy he is oh yeah he needs he needs to put on weight and move in interior he's just not athletic enough to be an edge in the nfl but he will be a really good interior defensive lineman oh yeah carl laft is is a freaking beast man and yeah he is just angry he is so fun to watch and now you get to see his little brother join the realm uh and i mean uh cory trice also not bad uh in the secondary but yeah, they sucked against the pass, and yeah, um, it's it's tough. Their their pass coverage is not great. But they're young. They, they run they run stuff well. Yeah, but yeah, just linebackers and corners can't cover. They they brought in a host of transfers trying to trying to fix that. But uh, yeah, young defense. Purdue, Purdue's you know going to have to score a lot of points to make up for this defense. They're the Maryland of the West. Very competitive. Very competitive always. Usually. Mm-hmm. Usually. Um, last but not least. Oh, no, least. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois, who brought in Brett Bielema, who we discussed previously on top, um, at head coach, uh, Tony Peterson, at coordinator, and Ryan Walters, at defensive coordinators. Um. Yeah, offense not good. 
No. Defense. Uh, but it's weird, though, because they actually have a lot of talent. They have a lot of good talent. Just can't put it together. They still have uh, Brandon Peters, who was, you know, pretty solid. He's another, been pretty solid for Illinois. Another guy who's been in the league for like seven years. Um, yeah, the the problem for Illinois is Lovey Smith, in, a, in an attempt to uh, save his job, brought in as many transfers as physically possible, which in turn depleted what was already not great, like high school recruiting. And so now they just he, – he left Bielamo with nothing in the cupboard. This team is – is it is bad. Like, it is – oof. <laughs> I mean, interesting uh, decision. Uh, Bielema and, and uh, Isaiah Williams made the move to move him from quarterback to wide receiver. Yep. Um. I mean, Williams surely wasn't fantastic through the air last year, but he was still only a freshman. Interesting to see uh, that move as far as, like, you know, you could develop him at quarterback. Um, interesting thing. They're also bringing in uh, Jafar Armstrong, Notre Dame running back slash wide receiver, who will be playing wide receiver over running back. Um, and <laughs> Rutgers transfer uh, back up quarterback Arthur Sitkowski to fill yeah, they are transfer university <laughs> and the defense well they gave up 230 rushing yards a game last season so um, <laughs> 35 points a game surrendered um, last in big 10 pass efficiency it's it's yeah, let's let's just say it how it is. Illinois is gonna probably get their shit kicked in this year. They're in, they're in for a tough year one. Hey, at least with, they with had Bielema. at least they had one fun year for the fans. You mean when they beat Wisconsin? Yes. Okay, shut up. Two two upsets that season. I gotta That's, give credit. Yep. At least they had their fun. At least they, they had, had their fun. fun, and so have we today. Absolutely. It's been a long one. Uh, ending at 12 o'clock, right on the dot for this. Yeah, we music. are sorry, AB. <laughs> we are sorry, AB, but you're going to enjoy editing this podcast, listening to both Donda and the new weekend uh, song. <laughs> so we love you. Thank you for doing this. Uh, <laughs> and we and love other- you, listeners. All these yeah. people that have stuck through this two-hour podcast <laughs> about the Mac <laughs> and the Big Ten. Um, we know you're all still here, clinging on to every word, <laughs> especially about Illinois and their competition. In the oh yeah, Big I had to get through the, the Illinois analysis before he could log off. There's a reason we put the East first, okay? There's a reason. Um, <laughs> So anyways, uh, we do thank you guys for uh, listening to this podcast. It's been a long one. We got tons of more conferences to go, tons of more things to work through. But that's what we love to do. We love college football, even in its dying landscape of, you know, super conferences incoming. But that's that's a conversation for another day, uh, another very sad day. And uh, (laughs) outside of that, um, of course, you know, we got the plugs. Uh, we got 
Um, Caleb Bland with Blood Sanity. Oh, and Bryce Shaddock. Can't forget about you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, Alex Dillon, Power Hour, ended, you know, NBA season, duh. But um, got stuff coming there. Um, I mean, we got we got tons of tons of stuff. I don't have, sorry guys, I don't have the plug sheet pulled up at this very exact moment, but um, <laughs> just go listen to the running hook podcast. <laughs> just network. go listen to the running hook podcast that we're, we're, we're bringing you tons of talent. So uh, we thank you guys for listening and we hope you have a great day or whatever you are when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Good, confident finish. 